I suppose the main thing is it's never set in stone. Um, I think whenever you map out a, a rehab plan, you always have a sort of asterisk as to your best case, worst case, and most realistic case scenario. Um, and as I touched on earlier, there's no such thing as as a perfect rehab by any stretch, but equal to that, and you can have rehabs that you know exceed your expectations and. Welcome to the Prepare Like a Pro podcast. Every week, I host live chats via our YouTube channel with leaders in the AFL and high-performance industries. Join me live every Sunday at 6pm where I debrief the recent chats and announce the upcoming guests. We drop an inspiring and educational episode every Monday. If you like the show, please follow us on your favourite podcast app. Hello and welcome to the Prepare Like a Pro podcast. Today's episode is a bite-sized episode with Tim Parham. To listen to the full interview with Tim Parham, make sure to search in your favorite podcast directory, episode 91 on the Prepare Like a Pro podcast with Tim Parham. Personally, what has been one of your biggest challenges that you've faced and and um, what did you learn from it? Um, I think, I, I think, in all honesty, probably the move to the UK was, was a big one with a young family and wife and the unknown. Um going into a fairly, what is a traditionally fairly volatile sort of industry. And again, coming from outside of um, the sport, um, I think it's probably the hardest but best thing I've ever done in a professional sense. Um, yeah, a lot of sort of sink or swim moments. And um, yeah, I think that's probably been one of the yeah, greatest, I suppose, challenges, um, but equally one of the most rewarding as well. If you're taking a player through a hamstring rehabilitation, is, yeah, um, is that an area that you do more research on because that's it's specific to your role in that position or like you mentioned how high performance culture is something you're interested in at the moment so we read a book on that like is it it's quite specific or is it more just general in how you upskill yourself over, over your career yeah um i suppose i've never really been strategic about it but you know probably like yourself you know like your offerings with social media podcasts um yeah twitter even um that sort of thing, but probably the big thing is 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 actually engaging with with people. And you know, I think I touched on it earlier that generally speaking, most people are pretty willing to to pick up the phone or reply to an email, um, especially in AFL circles. You know, with we've got a great cohort, as you know, of strength and conditioning coaches and and, and physios that you know it's a, you're only a phone call away. And in that reporting, uh, keeping your records process so you've got like the qualitative data i imagine and then what sort of quantitative stuff are you noting are you noting things like how the athlete is presenting from a mood point of view or is it more screening information and, and sort of your subjective view on things what do you think is important for practitioners to know um during the rehab process yeah look i think you know there's high scrutiny in afl especially so you know your objective data is pretty easy to, to come by um yeah, it's abundant. It's um, there's lots of it. I probably lean more towards the sub- subjective stuff. You know, those discussions you have with the athlete, with other practitioners, those sorts of things. Um, just that mud mapping of ideas, I think, is really important. Um, and yeah, that's the stuff I lean on probably more so. A couple of questions for you, Tim. Is first one would be: Is do you ever lie to a player regarding the injury to change their mentality about it? Oh, that's a that's a great question. It's a probably a loaded question. Um, I, I think some of your mess your messaging is really important. Um, well, um, I don't think you ever actively lie, 
but you might paint a slightly um, more favourable version of the truth. Um, yeah, and I, I suppose at, at the end of the day, like if your intention is good and you're genuinely doing trying to do the best thing for the athlete, um, look, it may be you're sort of hosing down some anxieties or um, you know some some um, some fear avoidance behaviours or you know even just a, a, a player's mindset. Um, if you're trying to just nudge that, then yeah, you know, I think you can craft versions of the truth. Um, but I don't think you, you would ever blatantly lie lie to the athlete. He's written another question: uh, How often do players stick to the recovery plan 100? percent It may be re- potentially rehab plan 100. Um, percent I imagine. Yeah, how often do players stick to the rehabilitation plan? Um, yeah, it's it's a tricky one to answer. I suppose the main thing is it's never set in stone. Um, I think whenever you map out a, a rehab plan, you always have a sort of asterisk as to your best case, worst case, and most realistic case scenario. Um, and as I touched on earlier, there's no such thing as as a perfect rehab by any stretch. But equal to that, and you can have rehabs that you know exceed your expectations, and and that's where you sort of need to lean on your sort of clinical experience and the experience of the you know the, the high performance practitioners around you to you know to bounce ideas. And it's like you know, can we can we push this? Um, so probably in terms of putting a number to it, you'd hope that you get most of them around the ballpark. But but obviously, you know things happen and you know guys progress or they even regress at, at, at certain points uh, in your work life what are your pet peeves we'll stick to them, uh, angry there's a couple of things i think the first thing is um you know i'm not saying this because i you know it's an issue is that at any point but one of the things I, I struggle with is is people who aren't willing to engage with each other in that sort of high performance medical space um you know they're not willing to embrace the transparency aspect of the the business um so that's what, something that kind of annoys me. I, I, I really, I don't like turf wars. I don't like, you know, this sort of people working in silos. That that frustrates me at a, at a professional level. Um, and then communication, I think, is, is pretty, again, it's so cliche, but it, it's pretty important. And, and people who don't or refuse to communicate um, sort of drive me a bit mad at, at various points. I hope you enjoyed that bite-sized episode with Tim Parham. Remember to listen to the full interview. Search in your favorite podcast app for Tim Parham episode 91 on the Prepare Like a Pro podcast. I hope to see you on our next Prepare Like a Pro live chat show.